Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane here on Friday, May the 2nd. This week we're focusing on US healthcare as we publish in our World Report section a very timely update on the implementation of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare as it is commonly known. And I'm delighted once again to speak to the author of the piece in the World Report section and that is Susan Jaffe on the line from Washington DC. Hello Susan and can you begin by reminding us where we are on the implementation timetable of the ACA, particularly with regard to this key phase of enrollment, which has just passed, hasn't it? Yes. Hi, Richard. Thanks very much for doing this. Just to put this into context, the Affordable Care Act is the most significant widespread change in the U.S. healthcare system probably since Medicare was established for the elderly some 50 years ago. So it's going to take some time, you know, really getting used to. And the first enrollment period, which lasted six months and officially ended April 1st, but the government uh, sort of let some people continue to enroll if they encountered problems on the website. There's a government website and you had to sign up through the website or through a call center. And there are now about 8 million people enrolled in new health insurance plans and some 3 million who people who got insurance through the expanded Medicaid program. As some people may recall, there was some controversy over whether or not to expand Medicaid. In many states, Medicaid is a program for low-income families. 2012, a debate on the Affordable Care Act reached the Supreme Court. This Supreme Court ruled that uh, states were not required to expand their Medicaid programs. So there were states, particularly uh, Republican Republican governors, who refused to participate in the Medicaid program. So we have about um, 24 states that declined to expand Medicaid. And actually, that's one of the future problems because there's about an estimated almost 6 million people who will not have health insurance simply because they live in one of those states that did not expand Medicaid and therefore they really don't fit into, they're not eligible for subsidies that are available under Obamacare and yet they're not poor enough for their own state's Medicaid program. These new insurance plans have started January 1st. We're really going to see whether or not people can see their doctors, can afford any co-pays and other costs they have to bear. This is not a free program. There's People are still paying monthly premiums, although many people will qualify for these subsidies I mentioned. This is really an experiment uh, out in the real world. There's, you know, there was no test drive of this. You know, a lot of uh, attention was focused during the enrollment period on uh, problems with the website and, and delays. And even on the last day of the official enrollment on March 31st, the federal uh, website was down for a couple of hours because it was, you know, just overwhelmed by the demand. That really embarrassed uh, the Obama administration. Also, Susan, can you explain a little bit about how important insurance coverage is or the challenges of, of getting coverage through the ACA when individual circumstances change? For example, if you go from a, from a point of not having a job to suddenly getting 
uh, employment, you may well be covered and your circumstances change, or vice versa if you lose your job. There are lots of ways in which your access to insurance uh, could be difficult because of a change in personal circumstances. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the one of the ironic things here is that on the one hand, the Obama administration is very pleased that they reached um, their goal and surpassed their goal of 8 million new uh, enrollees. But those people are, may not stay in the program. They may get a job with that offers health insurance. And if they do, they're required to take the employer-based health insurance. Other people uh, may have, uh, you know, f- their incomes may change. They may qualify for Medicaid. They may lose their subsidy if their income is too becomes too high. They may move into a an area where their current insurance, you know, is no is no longer available. So they have to reapply for a different plan. And some of these things changes are not unusual. You know, they're fairly typical for private insurance plans. It just shows that that there there are many things that we really don't know how will how it will play out. We're just discovering, I think, that Obamacare is more than a website. Now, whilst we're busy talking about the here and now and what's happened so far in 2014, I think it's fair to say that we're already gearing up for what needs to happen next year in 2015, because, of course, this complex implementation of the ACA has to be phased, and, and next year is already looking like another crucial year. It seems like no sooner does this new insurance starts for 2014 than in the insurance health insurers are now supposed to be designing their benefit packages and premium uh, setting premiums for next year. Those new plans are uh, have to be submitted to the federal government in June, and yet many insurers really don't know who has signed up. Many of their new customers have insurance for the first time. So insurers really don't know what they're, they're just learning really what their costs are. Uh, many, many new beneficiaries may not have seen a doctor in, in quite a while, or maybe they've been postponing an expensive surgery or other treatment until they had insurance. Insurers have to take that into account and make sure that, you know, they set their premiums to cover their costs. The other thing is people with Obamacare plans are discovering that their doctors may not be covered by their plan, which is kind of another irony here. It is, you know, we the administration worked so hard to get this law passed, and yet even people with new insurance may disco- discover that their doctor or their hospital is not covered in the plan. And that's because insurance companies negotiated uh, uh, contracts with certain healthcare providers in order to try to limit their their control their costs. And so there are people in some parts of the country who are in what, you know, what's called HMOs or health, health maintenance organizations that really restrict you to a network of participating providers. And so we, we've heard some news reports about people who have, the, have their new Obamacare plan and they're paying their monthly premiums now, but they can't go to the doctor that they prefer or the hospital they prefer because they have no coverage. That plan does not cover that doctor. And I think to conclude, Susan, the 
opposition, some of the opposition to the Affordable Care Act, I think, I think perhaps vitriolic is, is putting it mildly. The reality is implementation is happening and this act, the Affordable Care Act, is being implemented. It's here to stay. So it's time to move on, isn't it? I think you're right. I mean, the train has left the station. There are now people who are, you know, getting uh, insurance coverage they didn't have before, regardless of uh, any, you know, limitations. They are getting prescription drug coverage they didn't have before. There are various consumer protections I didn't mention under under the law. For example, you know, women can't be charged higher premiums than men. You can't be uh, discriminated against if you have a pre-existing uh, health condition, which in the past could be something as innocuous as acne, you could be charged more or you could be uh, turned down for a policy. So those consumer protections are really very popular. So the critics are really going, they have to weigh, you know, whether or not if there's sufficient support for repealing the law. And we've seen in some recent polls that even uh, voters in uh, some southern states where the health law is expected to be a, you know, a key issue in uh, elections this November, they say Congress should fix the law rather than rather than scrap it. One other thing I should mention, though, is that even though Republicans are talking a, a little bit less about uh, repealing the law, which they've tried to do, they've voted, I think, about 54 times since the law was passed, 54 times to try to repeal it or modify it in some way. But um, in I think it's in June, the Supreme Court is going to be deciding yet another case affecting a very controversial part of the uh, Affordable Care Act, which requires uh, insurers to provide coverage for um, for birth control and other family planning methods. And there's some uh, uh, groups that say that this uh, infringes on their uh, religious rights. Um, so there's there's that case that's still coming, but nobody thinks that the uh, the entire law is in jeopardy, but just that provision may be in in jeopardy. So we're not done yet with the uh, with the court challenges, and we're probably going to hear more about legislative attempts to to modify some provisions of the law. Legislative attempts, I think, are going to be pretty much unsuccessful as long as uh, Barack Obama is in the White House. Susan, it's been fantastic talking to you. I do urge everyone listening to the podcast, please do read Susan's piece in the World Report section, which is always free. And I'm sure we'll be talking to Susan over the coming month as implementation of the Affordable Care Act continues. It's great to talk to you. Thanks. In the meantime, thank you all for listening and see you next week.